0: You're listening to the Pimp Cron Podcast. What's up, everybody? It is the Pimp Cron Warhammer Podcast. I am your host, the Pimp Cron, and we have a lot to talk to you about tonight. We have a real talk with the Pimp Cron featuring Just James, and we discuss our... Warhammer regrets and that is um a little bit of cautionary tales for the new players and things like that because we've been playing for about 10 years both of us and we've had a lot of things that we wish we knew way back when there's a lot of things that we wish we would have done differently and things like that so um I think it's interesting hopefully you will too. We also have a want that want that not with the mind something spherynx mind controller mind stealer mind stealer that's what it is mind stealer spherynx um for age of sigmar and it's a giraffe goat cat and it's pretty cool so you should check that out that is the end of our segments for tonight so what are we talking about other than that well i did want to share a little story about um the benefits of a bro trip and um I just forgot. I don't know why I never mentioned this prior when I was talking about my bro trip up to Burke's Winter Blast, the uh, tournament that my friend Josh and James went with me up to a couple weeks ago, and um, I had never been to an actual Waffle House, like a Waffle House brand diner, and we go there before the tournament that morning, and we're eating breakfast, and our waiter is, like, super, super charismatic, and he's the type of person that's so charismatic and so, like... Uh, personable and whatnot that you're thinking to yourself, and I legitimately thought this. I thought, okay, I am going to think by the end of this dinner, or the end of this breakfast, that he is either really nice, or he's going to irritate the shit out of me, because he's so, so, like, gushingly nice, slash trying to be funny, slash trying to be friendly. So, um, the interesting thing about a waffle house if you've never been in there is that the kitchen is basically open like it's all the booths are around the kitchen and the kitchen only has like a waist-high wall around it so you can watch them cooking the food and this guy i guess he thought he was funny um if you're familiar with the family guy joke about the back scratcher you know he's at the baseball game and he's selling back scratchers and he's like back scratcher back scratcher back scratcher and then someone yells back scratcher and he goes back scratcher and he sells one and whatever it's Really, really not in my top 500 of jokes from Family Guy. I really don't think... When I first originally saw it years ago, I did not think it was funny. And I don't think it's aged any better for me to think that it's funnier now. But apparently this waiter thought it was fucking hilarious. So he starts saying to one of the ladies in the kitchen, he's like, um... All uh you know we we got an order for um you know steak and eggs and white toast and blah 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 and then he goes on a back scratcher do we have a back scratcher back scratcher and then the lady goes no no back scratcher and he goes oh back scratcher and me and Josh and James look at each other like what the hell is going on and so a couple minutes later he calls in someone else's order some other um table's order and's like back scratcher back scratcher And she goes, Oh, no back scratcher. He goes, Oh, back scratcher. He does it again. I'm like, Okay, this is getting really, really, really annoying. And finally, um, like the third or fourth time he does this, finally, I guess she gives in. And um, she's like, He goes, Back scratcher, back scratcher. And she goes, Oh, we have a back scratcher. And he goes, Oh, back scratcher. So he goes over to her and she starts like scratching his back like through his shirt. And they are i'm not lying to you they're two feet from us we're eating breakfast and i look over like i didn't want to look directly at them but she's scratching his back like in a really animated fashion so that you know they're like i guess trying to make us laugh or something um and he's going oh back scratcher oh and i and i look over at josh and josh goes what is going on <laughs> i was like what the hell are these people doing and uh yeah so that was that was very very weird it's just another another one of my favorite stories from doing a bro trip hanging out with your friends and uh just what the hell is going on so i think back scratcher waiter is going to be one of my um one of my go-to uh stories about a bro trip along with the mickey mouse guy i played years ago and the time that i crushed that admec guy when he beat up alex and uh just, you know, a couple of these things you keep in your pocket. At that time that uh, James played the troll in the bell tower, eh? <laughs> Anyway, Anyway, uh, I just thought that was really funny. And some people may say, you know, what do we have going on in our personal life? Well, let me think for a second. I ran a demo of 40k with a new guy, Vince, this past week at the club. And um, he seemed to enjoy himself, and he picked up on the game rules really quickly, so... um I I, like I said before, I love demos. I love bringing new people into the hobby. So that is like my full time job. As long as we have new people coming in, I run the demos and uh, I can make it very fun for them. And uh, it was fun. So hopefully he'll be a regular to our group. And that but unfortunately, that wasn't like a, you know, competitive game. It was literally a demo just to have fun. So the other thing I've been working super hard on is finishing the Brutality Skirmish Wargame rulebook. Um, We will be selling a hardback rulebook with the brand new edition in my estimation would be in the next two months or maybe three months. I will have it all completely done and ready for sale. And I'm very, very excited about that. The rules, all, rules and all will still be free on Facebook, as they have been. But um, it's got an all-revamped campaign system. Um, your people learn passive abilities. Like, they can do in-between missions, you know, back at base. They can expand your base. They can craft items. They can do all sorts of stuff. But, you know, it is still with an eye for balance. And it is still for an eye for streamlined. Because one of the things that I don't like is when things in games become mini games. You know, like, oh, well, shit, this is a whole separate game in the middle of my game, and you may not feel like doing that. So, all of my stuff is very brief, but it adds some flavor, and it adds some personality to your people. You know, there's a guy that can craft healing medicine, and Um, stuff like that so if you chose that for your healer it would be like oh cool between missions this is what he's doing back home he's growing herbs and making you know healing potions or if your war band is all robots then he's got a toolkit and he's building you know little uh, repair kits for the robots or whatever so i'm very excited about that there's also a storm brewing at the local store uh, phoenix rising and um, we have i've had three different people come up to me and mention uh doing a brutality campaign again because the last time we did one was last spring and now with this new edition and all that and all of the new upgrades good god there's so many upgrades now 28 i think something like that I th- yeah there's seven per class so 28 upgrades and um just very very excited plus there's another aspect to the game being added which is let's say it's essentially chapter tactics that you can choose for your armies, so they they have even more flavor than before. But once again, with an eye for streamlined, what it is is each chapter tactic. Let's say that your chapter tactic that you chose is sneaky, right? Um, I don't know if that's specific the name for one of them, but um, you know, it's like um a, a trickster or whatever, where your guys are always like, um, you can think of them as Skaven maybe, where Skaven always have something up their sleeve. Or I'm trying to think of something else. Like I'm trying to think of another army that actually would use that sort of role. But essentially, you know, smugglers, if you were playing Han Solo in brutality, you'd probably want him to be the, you know, the, the tricky tactic. And, um, essentially all of the tactics once per game, they have two different actions they can do once per game. And then they have, um, one constant effect. And, like, for instance, the, um, the Tricky or Trixie or Trickster or whatever, that chapter tactic is once per game when one of your models is charged, after you find out the charge roll, you can choose to move that model, your movement, in any direction which is awesome for taking the piss out of somebody's charge. They're like, oh, I only need a two-inch charge, you know, and they roll their dice and get a four, and you're like, well, guess what, bitch? My movement's eight, and I'm going to move before you charge, and now you're not in melee. That sort of thing. Um, Once again, an eye for balance, an eye for streamlinedness, and an eye for just flavor. And um, so I think it's pretty good. I I really enjoyed making it. I've been working so many hours on it. I bet I have well over 100 hours working on this book. And the funny thing is most of it was already written because it's for free up on the Facebook page. But um, formatting it all for publishing. And I'm also going through all the rules and streamlining the way they're worded. And trying to make them as clear as possible. And trying to organize them in a nice fashion. And adding all sorts of pictures. And just really making it look nice for publication. So, I'm, I'm excited about that. So, I have also, in my hobby time, been looking at building a new warband for Brutality for the store campaign that we will be starting soon. So, I've been looking around and, you know, have so many... I, gosh, I probably own 15, 15 different unique warbands for Brutality. But... It's still never enough, is it? So I kickstarted Dead Zone, oh gosh, seven years ago, six years ago, something like that, for Mantic. And I have essentially the starter sets for all of the main factions. And what I've decided to do for our store campaign is I usually like to play people that aren't goody two-shoes. In the last store campaign, I specifically bought and painted a vampire pirate army, which I still love, uh, Captain Tregula and um, the gang. So this time, I'm cracking open one of my Dead Zone starters, and um, I've decided to do Plague. So the backstory for this new warband that I'm kitbashing is that... um I don't know exactly what... It's like a zombie virus in the Dead Zone lore. But in my lore, it's going to be a disease that people have caught similar to the Flare virus. In the Brutality lore, there's the Flare virus. If you want to do an undead or a skeleton army or whatever, there is the Flare virus that you can catch in the Flare forest. And it's a magical virus, believe it or not. It's actually a magical curse. And they don't know how it's transmitted exactly. I mean, I know, but in the lore, they don't know. And it will literally make your flesh and muscle and everything slowly just f- rot and fall off you so that you are literally just a skeleton. You can't eat or drink anymore. And um, even though you still have those urges, you're still hungry or thirsty, but it doesn't help anything. And it doesn't me- make you evil or make you a zombie. You're just literally a skeleton person walking around. And it um, it's pretty interesting, I think. So this one... This warband I'm going to be making, I think, is going to be some sort of weird virus that turns them all mutated because the plague in Dead Zone um, all have a particular profile. They have tiny little heads and big shoulders and upper bodies and kind of lanky bottoms, like for their legs and whatnot. And their arms grow to about their knees, roughly. So their arms are kind of like gorilla arms. And they've got guns and knives and whatnot. I've been having fun kit bashing a bunch of my old zombie bits to make them, you know, have like um, heads tied to their belts and things like that to make them more gruesome. And I'm pretty excited. I painted up a couple dogs, some plague ridden dogs, and they will be my minions when my fast person eventually uh, upgrades to a, uh, I think uh, a dominant is what that, cl- that upgrade is called now. So uh, when he upgrades to a dominant, he'll have two minions that are dogs. And I'm pretty excited about that. All right, enough of my rambling about. Let's get on with... Oh, wait, we have a surprise Tesseract mailbox. Let's go ahead with that. It's from our good buddy, Robert. And he is from the Fandex's, um Facebook page where they make you know custom fan codexes for 40k and Age of Sigmar. And uh, I've known him for quite some time and he's a great guy. So let's read what he has to say in the fan section. Shut up. Let's open the Tesseract Mailbox. And for our surprise Tesseract Mailbox today, our good buddy Robert at the is on Facebook, replied to our podcast list on Facebook, and uh, he replied this, I totally agree with the guy who said you should only be able to use stratagems from your Warlord's Codex plus the rulebook ones. Every stratagem, aura, and power acts as a force multiplier, so stacking them makes them more powerful than their points worth. Plus, having three codices of stratagems to choose from can slow down the game. Perhaps the answer is to have a rule for casual games, just like there's a rule for tournaments about not taking more than three of any uncommon units. Say for casual games, you can only boost a unit once per turn, so you can't make a super unit by throwing all of the boosts on it at the same time. And... His response, uh, what he's responding to is last episode when we aired some of the Shorehammer open discussion. I believe it was our buddy Walt from Shorehammer that said that um, he didn't like that, you know, you can stack so many stratagems on a single unit in a single phase. You know, obviously you can't use the same stratagem more than once in a phase, but there's no limit to how many you can put on a single unit. And he said that, you know, he thinks it would really uh, balance things if he, you know, you're limited to just one stratagem per unit or whatever per phase. And I completely agree, honestly. Um, I'm not going to go that far to change the rules of the game for my Shorehammer tournaments, but we do take a step in order to limit the number of stratagems being able to use. So in our main event, which is the Highlander, what we do is we allow, um, we if, if you follow our force org and you're considered, you know, battle forged by our standards, then you get three victory. Uh, I'm sorry, three command points at the start of each turn. And that's it. But you don't start with so technically over four turns, you get 12 command points, but you don't get 12 command points starting at turn one. You get three each turn and they don't roll over, you know, from turn to turn. So that is how we limit it, and honestly, it works out pretty well. I mean, three command points, if you want to hold out and have one unit fight twice, fine. But then you can't get rerolls, you can't auto-pass morale, blah, blah, blah. You know, or otherwise, you can reroll three times or whatever in that turn. And either way, it works out pretty well with just three command points per turn that don't roll over. And um, I honestly do agree with what one guy said on the podcast last week, that, you know, if they would just... um, limit the number of command points you generate, you know, like instant. Why not bump it back down from the battalion being five command points extra to three command points extra? Why not? You know, and uh, it would make the command point usage much more tactical because you have fewer of them. So, it goes back to that old adage that with scarcity comes strategy, you know, and if you have, okay, let's say, if I have one character... One Primaris Lieutenant, and that's all I can ever get, right? Then I'm going to treat him nicely. I'm going to paint him up. I'm going to make him special because he's the only one I could ever get ever. If someone hands me a box of 400 Primaris Lieutenants, what do you do with that? Their value suddenly becomes nothing. You know, it's 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 just like, I'm going to be using Primaris Lieutenants to stir my coffee. I'm going to be using them. I'm going to build a, a shed out of Primaris Lieutenants. I'm going to be melting them down to make, I don't know, coffee coasters. I'm going to be, um, you know, I don't know, kit bashing them into weird things for no reason that I can't use in the game. I'm going to be just just literally everything is going to be a primaris lieutenant. So, so if you see, like, with the more things you have, the less choosy you are with it. And with command points, like, oh, infinite command points, cool. I can just do everything all the time. Well, choices our strategy. If you have a ton of things, there's no choice because you can just do whatever you want. Maybe I explained that into the ground. I don't know, but thank you for writing in, Robert. I greatly appreciate you listening and I appreciate you commenting. You know, I always talk about messaging me on pimpcron at gmail.com or facebook.com slash pimpcron, but of course you can just comment on the post of the podcast. Um, Podbean, you can comment on each episode and Facebook, when the PimpCon page posts it, you can comment on there. I mean, really, you know, you comment wherever you want. Uh, I will probably get it. Of course, my Patreon patrons uh, can comment on there as well. So, let's move on. Want that or want that not? Hey, Just James. Hello. Uh, we're going to be doing a want that or want that not. Is that fine? We'd be doing. We'd be doing it. Okay. All right. Let's hold hands. Want it. Hold my hand. Thank okay. you. Thank you. So now today we want to discuss the Mindstealer Spheranx. Mindstealer Spheranx. Spher- Spheranx. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a Pokemon. <laughs> it is. Um, Spheranx, I choose you. Uh, so it Go, comes... mind
1: stealer spirit,
0: spirit <laughs> mind stealer spirit Anx. Dang. Uh, so it seems like it comes with three different heads, which is kind of cool, I guess. Uh-huh. This is for Age of Sigmar. It's a like a mix of a giraffe, a cat, and a ram. <laughs> yeah, that's what this is. So can you tell me more about this mind stealer Angst? No, I cannot. No, uh, <laughs> it's a mix of a giraffe huh. cat and what else and a ram oh my god you're right i never yeah, thought of did that did you not see that i totally and it skipped my so it's psych. like a. Uh, it's, it's
1: that's a what something. it is <laughs> it's a something it's a giraffe
0: goat cat that's what uh, it is yeah it's like a
1: cat with like a really long neck and monster claws
0: and Actually, the bottom does look kind of like the um, Dracoths. Yeah, it's it's actually got big meaty paws. What's your overall opinion of this? Uh, I'
1: not sure. Really, <laughs> the long neck—I don't know. And it's you know the way it's it's uh, standing. It's like it's proud. Like, yeah, look at me. I'm a mind stealer. Spirit.
0: Uh, I like to think that even it stutters when it says its name
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's a Pokemon So it's got to say its own name
0: It's true Oh yeah. man, you're right That's all I can say That's yeah. sad And I hope it stutters every Mind time Mindstealer fears Spheranx Spheranx, Spheranx So, uh, I mean, honestly, it's it's weird enough that I kind of like it
1: Yeah, it is kind of interesting I wonder what it does uh Uh, does it like steal minds or something like that
0: it it... could be um it says in the little description here of course we're the worst people about following up with oh the new rules of this new model so i don't know what the new rules are but it does say it makes enemies fight last in the in the fight phase yeah so i mean that's kind of neat and it says the telepath now i don't know about rules wise but that's
1: some kind of psychic power yeah it makes you fight last in the fight phase
0: probably yeah some sort of mind stealer to steal your mind yeah um a good, thank God, it's not a uh, girl stealer sphyranks. Oh no. Um, so it's, I think it's a pretty good job they've done. It looks like a unique animal. Yes. Like it, it does. We say it's a goat, giraffe, cat, but it's a. I think it's more cat than anything else. Yeah,
1: my first thought is that's a cat.
0: Yeah. With a really long neck. It has a really long neck, almost like a like a horse has a long neck, but that's even longer than a horse's neck. Yeah, that's it's but it's not quite like a giraffe. I mean, it's not like a, like a llama. Yeah. Yeah. Or a camel or something. Yeah. So it's got the body of a cat. Right. The, the, the torso and legs and the tail. Yeah. It has the face of a cat. Yes. But if you were to grab a cat's head and just pull it taller, stretch it out, stretch now. it out. And then it has ram horns. Yeah, the one head does. The other one doesn't. Uh, oh, uh, no, it still does. Actually, but it has like bull horns. Yeah. That one does. So, I mean, overall, I think it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I like it. I think it has to grow on you at first. Cause...
1: Yeah, first look, it's like, Ugh. And, then <laughs> like Ugh. and then you're like,
0: huh? <laughs> oh. and then you're like, and then you're like, Shazam! Uh So, all in all, this is for your Slaves to Darkness armies, and this is also for Warcry, which I don't give a crap about Warcry, but I do play Slaves to Darkness. So, well, Corn Bloodbound is not quite Slaves to Darkness, but my Bloodbound army includes zero demons and they're all mortals, so I'm kind of Slaves to Darkness.
1: Uh, I guess. Whatever. However you want to skirt around that, (laughs) that's up to you.
0: So, this, how much do you think this would be? for the single model um well we don't really know how big it is it looks to be dracoth size i mean pretty pretty large yeah maybe uh it is hard to say whether that is like a dreadnought base yeah or if it's a uh actually I mean, we
1: could probably go in the description and look at it and see the uh, the millimeter of
0: it but actually right now i'm loading the 3d uh rotating view Okay, so it's an oblong base, so it is yeah. Drakoth size.
1: Could be a biker base.
0: Um, I don't think so. It's hard to say, but yeah, it could be a cavalry base, technically. But this yeah. looks like it's larger than that. So how much do you think it would be? Um, 30? You would be incorrect. It's $40 for this. Oh my god.
1: I don't know. that.
0: <laughs> I think that seems a little much for it. Um, uh, yeah. This thing better be good on the tabletop. I mean, for forty bucks.
1: I mean, really complaining about the prices on it for the GW stuff is yes. kind of redundant because we know they're getting higher and higher.
0: Okay, you're you're right with that, but forty dollars for a single model, that It's just an add-on to an army. Like, I don't... It better be super awesome. That's what I'm saying. It must, like, legitimately mind control people. Not just make them fight last in the... Spherings. Thank you. (laughs) 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 Spherings. Make them fight last in the fight (laughs) spherings. The fight sub-spherings. But, uh... Yeah, so all in all, I think I would actually get this model. I, I, I think that's a want that for me overall. It's a little weird looking. But, I mean, any... Any animal you see in the Avatar movie or like something that's supposed to be really alien and weird, it's always going to be off-putting at first. Yes. Until you get used to it. So, all in all, it's a want that for me. What do you think?
1: I would say want that as well.
0: But I am a li- little bit, I think the price is a little bit much. I think, like you said, $30, I think is fine. Yeah. 40 is like, okay, it better be good. I feel like that's the better be good threshold of... Yeah, um... Uh
1: yeah
0: <laughs> uh also yeah yeah all right so it's a want that and i want that from me and just james now it's time for real talk with pimp cron hey everybody it is real talk with the Pimpcron, cron and today i am blessed i am graced i am touched by an angel an angel named just james how are you doing today Uh, I am doing, uh, fine. Every time I ask you, you act like I just put you on the spot. Like, oh shit, he asked me a question.
1: I didn't know I was going to do this today. (laughs) So, (laughs) I just sat down in the chair and you pointed the mic towards me.
0: Yeah, I'm actually in your living room. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah, you're still in your jammies. That's cute. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to wake you up early this morning. It's like 6.15 a.m. Thanks thanks a lot. And, uh, we can't be too loud because, uh, we'll make, wake everybody up in the house, but... Do you have any regrets about Warhammer? Things you've done or things you wish you had done?
1: Uh, yeah, I have several regrets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 Alright, well, that, that makes two of us. What is What are your regrets, Just James? Um,
1: one of my regrets is going to be selling my Dark Angels... Mm. That's, I think that's probably my biggest regret. So
0: what did you have for Dark Angels?
1: I don't know. <laughs> uh, I got... Uh, you know, the it was around the Dark Vengeance yeah. stuff. So I had uh, two, two halves of that. Um, and then a, a friend of mine uh, sold me... Uh, had a good deal on uh, bikes. I had like three full squads of bikes uh and some uh commands raven Wing command squad of bikes with the plasma talons and stuff
0: oh edgar sold that to you yeah yeah edgar
1: Here. um i just kind of lost interest in them and i decided to sell them to buy a corn lord of skulls oh is that why you sold them to me that's why i sold them and mm-hmm. uh don't laugh at me please uh, it's, <laughs> well you bought it's it because the,
0: the corn lord of skulls is like a really good unit oh yeah yeah it's, it's like the best unit OP. ever
1: um uh turn one it dies i had all that stuff and i don't know because like i regret it but i also knew that i didn't really play with it that much but i i wish i had it now for this edition to try it out to see what it's like yeah um and also you know it was unique from my other
0: space marine stuff you know all the bikes sure yeah terminators were good too yeah the terminators and I, you had the the palette what are the death what are the terminators with the flails
1: uh the death uh death wing knights
0: yeah you had those two right um
1: yeah well i did i sold them to you mm-hmm. and so i got a little bit of them <clears throat> back but the funny thing is i even though i still regret them uh i regret selling it to you and i think about get and i got some of it back i still haven't played i haven't played with them i got some bikes i still haven't bothered with them Mm. uh
0: it just that's one of my regrets so would you would you actually not sell them if you could go back
1: yes i would not sell them if i could go back i would i would punch myself in the face and say don't don't sell them uh wait wait save up your money and then buy the corner of skulls don't sell that. Why don't, if
0: you're going back in time anyway, why don't you just warn yourself not to buy the coin of Skulls at all?
1: (laughs) I I like the model.
0: Yeah, model's cool. It's just meh. Yeah. Okay, my uh, one of my first regrets would be when I first started Necrons. I didn't know anything about the humidity and stuff when you prime. And about half of my destroyers, probably three to six destroyers, I'd have to count them, um, are pretty crunchy looking. Where the, the primer it up uh, on them and became crunchy. You know, like popcorn almost. Oh, uh, yeah. And um, they just don't look that great. And, I mean, I painted over it and whatnot. But it just... I mean, really, you don't really notice it that much on the table. Um, because it was mostly, like, on their arms. But if you look at the hand of the Destroyer, like, you know, there's, like, a little line for every bone in the hand that goes to the finger. Uh-huh. And, like, they're kind of not there anymore. Like, yeah. it, it filled in some areas. And I'm like... It's always bothered me. Uh, When I first did it, I was like, oh, my God, what just happened? Like, what did I do wrong? And then afterwards, I realized, oh, you know, it's humidity.
1: Yeah, I think I've had that happen to me. I don't know which models, but but at my place, there's, like, I only have a certain amount of time to do it because I don't know if I'm actually allowed to sure spray paint there so i gotta go at the penitentiary
0: s- they don't like yeah
1: yeah i yeah. go out there and you know people in the are trying yard to, trying to fight me i'm like i'm trying to spray <laughs> my, my models um uh, yeah so it's really hard to do uh the time time for it but uh yeah so i, I some models like i said i, I don't know uh,
0: specifically which ones which ones yeah well you gotta, gotta keep an eye out for humidity um another regret that i have is being your friend. No, is is um, uh, being on this podcast. Yep. Uh, no, another regret I have is that I took many years to decide what my Tyranid paint scheme was. <laughs> and it's a real regret because I have a bag I could show you. It's 10 feet from us. There's a bag of Tyranids and there's like eight different color schemes on all these gaunts. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, no, I'm sorry. gene stealers. And I've got one that's like bumblebee color. I've got one that's a yellow, one that's a green, one that's... A, and I was trying all these different colors, and you know what color scheme I eventually ended up with was the black and blue. Yeah. And the black and blue color scheme was the very first one I did. And then I was like, I don't know about this. So then I tried like eight others, and I ended up painting partial gene stealer units of yellow um, to do the bumblebee, because I really saw the bumblebee. There was black with yellow stripes. Uh It was in, like, a fourth edition book or something. It was old. It was before I even played. It was in one of those rule books. One of the guys at GW painted his like that, and I was like, dude, that looks awesome. (laughs) But whenever I did it, it just didn't... The The big Tyranids don't translate to the small Tyranids. In other words, like, the small Tyranids have more shell per skin, and the big ones have more skin per shell. So... I discovered that if you're worried, if if all of your detail and all of your uniqueness about the paint job is on the shell, then you can have a whole army painted the same, but all your Hormagons are going to have way more of that pattern on them per capita, you know, per surface area, than the big Gribblies will because they've just, they have a smaller percentage of shell on them. Uh-huh. And it doesn't look right to me. So I ended up doing a couple things like that. And I and I I floundered around for like probably two years with Tyranids. Just, uh, so then I got to the point where I was like, well, the most of them I have painted blue and black. So I guess I'll just keep painting them blue and black. And then eventually I settled on blue and black. <laughs> but it was like, I guess I wanted to do something really crazy because you see people online like, They take a picture of like one of those tropical frogs that's like blue and red and black or something. And I wanted to do that. So I looked up all these different color schemes for stuff and I'm like, I don't know. So what I, I, I like my color scheme now. It's simple. It's very easy to paint, very quick to paint. And really that matters to me more than, you know, spending, getting a cool effect, but spending 10 hours on one model. I'm just not doing it.
1: That uh, that yeah, it kind of reminds me of my Necrons. Like I first started out with black and white, mm-hmm. and then I played uh, Dawn of War, so I was going through and you know doing di- different color schemes. I did took all the color schemes from the other armies and uh, attached them to the other armies. Uh huh. And I really liked the Imperial Guard look on the Necrons. Yeah. And I've done some uh, models like that, but then I played Dawn of War again, and I was just messing around with the colors. <laughs> And like, I kind of like this color scheme, so I haven't painted anything yet, but I'm like, I don't want to keep doing that like you're doing, you know, with the, or you've done with mixing the color schemes. Um, so right now they're either black and white or they're Imperial Guard, or they're just gray because I haven't primed it yet.
0: Now, see, I like your black and white. I always liked the black and white scheme, but I guess you just fell out of your favor.
1: Yeah, um... I don't know why I, 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 it just didn't resonate with huh. me. Uh,
0: I do like that green and tan, though, the, the Cadian colors. Yeah, it,
1: it works really well.
0: Well, do you have another regret?
1: Selling my blood angels. <laughs> 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 well, I don't... Selling some of my blood angels, like like the, the Death Company I had in there. I wish I didn't uh, include them. Uh, like, some of the normal stuff was was fine.
0: The um, Assault Marines and the stuff. The Assault Marines.
1: But I kept, I did keep the Sanguinary Guard, because I I spent time painting them. Mm-hmm. But I also spent time painting the Death Company, and I sold them. Uh, and then Asterath that I got from you for a gift was part of that, and I regret selling that.
0: Mm. So all your regrets revolve around <laughs> selling stuff. Yeah. You're a hoarder.
1: I guess. Yeah, there's a couple stuff. A couple of armies, units, whatever, I sold. And I'm like, I wish i kept that. But sometimes they come back to you. You did get some of your Dark Angels back. I got some of my Dark Angels back. I traded my Inquisition stuff, which I don't really like the Inquisition stuff. But I like having it there. Knowing (laughs) I have it. I have it. So I traded it off with another guy. But then he eventually traded it back to me. So I'm like, yeah, I got it back again. Nice. Uh, But the... The Blood Angels, it's not high up there on the regret list, but I still wish I didn't do it. Well... Also, I didn't get that much for it, so...
0: yeah. You sold them on eBay, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't really... No. Um, now, another regret I have is that when I was buying... At the time, there was only two Necron players, me and David from our group. Uh-huh. And um, this was way back in store number two, back in Illusion's. Um, and we, um, he was getting out of Necrons. He was sick of it. He was starting another army orcs or something. So I offered him like a legit fair price for his army because I was like, oh, well, I'll be the only Necron player here. I'll have more warriors, more everything, you know, and, um, then I'll be the only guy that plays Necrons anyway. So I offered him like 250 bucks, which was very fair. And his response was. Oh wow, yeah, I'll accept two fifty. I was willing to accept two hundred <laughs> and I'm like, shit, okay, well all right, that's fine. So I ended up paying I mean it's only fifty bucks, but um i I paid too much and the thing is, is that I've always been usually a haggler. Like uh my whole childhood, every single weekend, I would go to the flea market with my mother's dad, so my grandfather, and um did you ever meet him? No. Okay. Anyway, he was a really cool dude. And he was uh, definitely a haggler. I mean, he would walk away from something. He would never pay full price. And sometimes, like, stupidly, he would not pay full price. Somebody would be like, I'm selling this for 50 cents. And he's like, I'll give you a quarter for it. (laughs) And they're like, no, I want 50 cents. He's like, fine. And he'll walk away. Like, he wouldn't buy it. And uh, so he was, like, really hard-nosed about it to the point of, being dumb but yeah uh he always taught me you always let them come up with the price because it could be less than what you were going to offer and uh so why that i guess the reason why i didn't let him name a price is because you know he's a friend he's part of the group i'm trying to be fair you know i'm not trying to but it did kind of like make me kick myself and he's like oh sh- shit yeah okay I'll take that. I was going to take $50 less. I'm like, ah. Uh. <laughs> I would have to say one of my regrets for my Necrons is painting them red and black. Because when I first started, my very first models that I bought were uh, 28 Warriors and a Necron Lord, which there was no Overlord back then, back in 5th edition. It was just the Necron Lord was the HQ. There's no such thing as Cryptex. Nothing, none of that existed. And um, so, I have a Necron Lord that's a black armor with red trim and, and red shoulder blades, and, and all my warriors were like that. Well, to this day, I still have 20 that are part of my main army. I only own 40 warriors, and 20 of them are the black and red color. And I ended up um, the whole reason behind yeah, you know, the name behind Pimpcron, blah blah blah, my necrons were purple with gold trim, and people called, Oh, there's the Pimpcrons. And then when I needed, uh, the, 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 the. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so sick of telling the story. Um, I think everyone knows it by now. My army used to be called the Pimpcrons. People should, would jokingly say it. You should find
1: it. the episode that you mentioned this, first mentioned this on, and say, see episode blah, blah, blah.
0: Yes, I should. Um, I've said it many times in the, the um, comment sections of articles and things like that. People go, like, oh, how do you get that stupid name? I'm like, well... Just say color scheme. <laughs> this is a color scheme. Color scheme. Why use lots words when few do trick, right? Um, not
1: me fault.
0: <laughs> not me, Paul. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so what was I talking about? So my army over the years, I never really settled on a Necron color scheme. So I've got 20 warriors and a lord that are red and black with silver. And then I have 20 warriors that are purple and gold. And then I have 20 immortals that are purple and gold but those two units of war- immortals are two different color schemes of purple and gold one is washed purple and gold the other one's painted purple and gold and then my dark praetorians are washed purple and gold and then my lich guard are painted purple and gold and some of my vehicles i used like a nagaroth knight i think is is a is like a dark purple yeah And I I like that better, but there was another time that I used, like, Xenos Purple, and that's a little, like, lighter. Yeah. And, like, the whole damn army now is, like, hodgepodge, because I've been playing them for 10 years, and my idea of what I want to do is, you know, changed. Um. So, that is definitely, I wish I would have just stuck to a damn color scheme and just did it, you know? So, I guess this is my second time. So, your regrets are about selling stuff. My <laughs> regrets are about wasting my time painting colors that I'm not gonna stick with. And now here I am again. I'm redoing all my necrons to make them all one color scheme and they're all kit bashed and they're all unique models and so I'm gonna be selling those twenty red and blacks and selling the twenty immortals and selling the twenty purple and gold warriors. Because so, 'cause I'm sick of all this just it's all different and Yeah. So Uh
1: I uh, I regret painting my all my primary stuff in Raven color, uh, Raven Guard colors, and painting all of my vanilla or regular old style space marines in Salamanders because of the new Salamanders book fits more well with my primary stuff, and the other stuff is fine with whatever.
0: Oh, really? So, what you the way you have them kitted out is I, better suited for Salamanders?
1: Yeah, because I have the. Uh, aggressors with the flamestorm stuff and then they do uh, special stuff so
0: um it's not specifically for warhammer but one regret i have is getting too hooked into the kickstarter thing um because when kickstarter became a big deal back when we were in store number two it started becoming big i let bliggity blam steve talk me into kickstarting several things and he's like oh yeah we're gonna play it and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that and you know i'm i'll be proud of you and I'll push you on the swing set. <laughs> and he made all these promises, right? He said he was going to be my new dad and all kinds of stuff. And then we we played like one game of Wild West Exodus, and that was it.
1: Sounds like you got bliggity-blammed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did right in the wallet. So he bliggity-blammed right in my wallet. And uh, so, really, I spent more money than I needed to on that. But there's a silver lining to that because my frustration...
1: brutality... <laughs> It's <laughs> brutality
0: what, what i'm you gonna about? go
1: home while he spends the rest what? of this podcast about talking what? about brutality, brutality this game what that? Is he that? Made where you could use your own that miniatures sounds awesome you can customize them uh uh-huh. it's a skirmish game you'd only need like five or seven models oh my god that's so easy
0: uh, it's so easy to pick up
1: blah blah blah, blah. is it
0: like really tactical and strategy i old? think it's
1: no i think you just run stuff out there and then die and but, it dies
0: out oh. yeah but well.
1: uh you gotta make sure you you know Move your models in certain right positions. To Have your stuff because you know it's easy to kill kill your dudes and, oh, wow. and all that. Then there's Ishtar, the god of blah 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 blah. I am Gina's captivated blah, blah, by blah, blah, this blah. right now.
0: Go ahead. Uh, and uh, it's lots of fun to play.
1: <laughs> I made it. I created it. <laughs>
0: James James created it. Anyway, what I was going to say, thank you. Okay. Is that I made this really cool game named. New- <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, that was all born out of my frustration from having all these kickstarted models and literally no way to play them. Because no one else plays Wild West Exodus, No one else plays Dead Zone. No one else plays um whatever. There's a couple I did. But no one played them. So I might as well make a game where I can play all of them and it makes sense. So there. Okay. Yeah. Smart mouth.
1: Uh, <laughs> brutality. Uh, mention. Check off sheet. Check. <sighs>
0: What an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, uh, any other regrets? Come on. Selling stuff, painting
1: stuff. Uh, Coming on this podcast, (laughs) uh, and then talking on this podcast.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Um, Okay, here's another thing. I was uh, terrified of trying washes when washes first came out. I was just afraid that I was going to paint a model and then ruin it with a wash. Because I didn't really know how to use a wash. Which sounds stupid in hindsight, you just slather it on, but I was really afraid, you know, once you have a model painted, it's scary to do something all over it, like a wash, because you're like, well, I don't want to waste my time painting a model and then ruin it. So it took me, like, after washes came out, like, it took me like a year or something to even try a wash, and then I realized, oh shit, this is way, way cooler, way easier, Um, same thing with contrasts. I have yet to try contrasts, partially because all my armies are already painted with a color scheme, Uh so I don't want to try a contrast because it probably won't look the same as what I've already painted. Um, but some people, like Josh's army, look gorgeous. He's got a, um, Beastmen army with all... Yeah. ...contrast. Yeah,
1: my Bone Reapers are... Yeah! ...90%, 95,
0: 98%
1: contrast. And
0: your stuff looks awesome, like, really.
1: It... It does, but it also doesn't to me. It does. It looks a little sloppy because of all the shading. Uh, to me, when I look at it, like when I just look at it at a glance, it kind of just looks like a mess. But then when I look at it up close, I'm like, eh, it's not too bad.
0: No, I, I think it looks good. Um, so I feel that way with the contrast, too, is that I regret not trying washes sooner because it would have helped me a lot. And then I see contrast come out and I haven't tried them because I'm like, oh, I don't know. But I'm thinking it's probably gonna be the same thing. So you can just use those and, you know, it'll be fine. But the same thing goes for airbrushes um, where I've always been afraid to try to use an airbrush because I don't want to mess it up and I don't know what I'm doing. And it seems like there's a lot of cleanup and a lot of setup and yeah. a lot of, you know, like if you're going to spray a hundred models, okay, cool. But I only paint in batches of like five models. So, you know, I, I get 10 minutes here, half an hour there. I don't. I don't have time to set up this big thing and then wash it out afterwards. And yeah. So I kind of feel that way with airbrushes too, although I really don't think it it matches my lifestyle or the way I paint. So, um, But everyone's like, oh, it's so easy to airbrush. And I'm like, I'm just afraid I'll mess it up.
1: Yeah, where I live, I can't do that. So uh, that's just completely out of my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Any other regrets? Oh, uh, yeah. So I talked about regret selling stuff. Now I'm gonna regret talk about regret buying stuff as in the Soul Wars box set. I actually regret buying that. I mean you could just sell it, obviously, but Sure. But it's the Night Night Haunt and the Stormcast. Well I got the the first edition box set with the Stormcast and the Chaos. Yeah. The Koran Bloodbound. And I also got the you know, the Night Haunt stuff. Well didn't really care about the Nighthaunt stuff. And I like the look of Stormcast, but I don't really care to play them. And now they're just taking up space. So buying the Soul War stuff, I, I don't really, I don't really did go back in time, tell myself not to do that. That's what I'm
0: trying to say. Because uh, you don't play Night Home and you don't like Stormcast. I so. sold I sold the Battle
1: term, the yeah the Battle Tome for Stormcast. And I'm trying to, I uh, sold some stuff to you, Stormcast to you, and I'm trying to get rid of, uh, well, the Night uh, and also the Stormcast.
0: Okay, one other regret is that I should keep my army transports away from my children, and I regret that I have not in the past, because (laughs) the, um, army transports are, um... I had my, you know, I have all those custom, I have 20 custom scourges for Dark Eldar. Uh-huh. And they all have the gargoyle wings from Tyranids, because I, w- I have a vampire army, so I needed to have bat wings, not the feathery wings. Uh-huh. So I have all, I got 20 dudes, and they're in this little part of my army transport that's up top. It's well-guarded, but when my th- now three-year-old was like, I guess, two or, or one of my kids, I don't know. They, they all look the same to me. So... <laughs> One of my kids, a couple years ago, legitimately just, she was going to, like, put on her shoes or something and just sat right on it and broke pretty much every single scourge that I had. Like, uh, yeah. Like, broke, um, I've got several of them broken off at the ankle, like, places that weren't even glued together, like, just snapped in half. Almost, uh, there might have been, like, one model that had both of his wings left on. Like, everything else was just broken. And, uh, in the past, I've, I've had them, um, like, I'll leave it in one of our vehicles, and my wife will like push the seat back and just crunch. Ugh. I'm like,
1: look at what you're doing. Yeah, um, yeah. I remember playing game a game with you here, and uh, one of your kids. I think it was one of your older kids when they were two or three. Just sat on sat on a <laughs> game case. Like you could do anything else. <laughs> You have all the space you
0: got a yard you yeah. got toys. you got a whole
1: house and all that and <laughs> you want to sit on the game case
0: yeah well it does make it's like the right height for a three-year-old yeah. to sit down like that's it's like oh this is a seat for me crunch <laughs> um now you know my scourges are pretty fiddly though they're they're very they're very the Eldar are already very thin models and then of course I got these big wings on the back so they're they are prone to breaking anyway but when a th- 20-pound child sits on them. I mean, they're, <laughs> yeah. you know. So I've got a bunch of people that have had ankles glued and stuff where I'm like, oh, it's one thing if it breaks at the seam that you glued it on. It's a completely different thing if it breaks, like, you know, in the middle of the forearm or something stupid. Yeah. So. But anyway, um, overall, I think that's it. I don't really regret buying any of my armies. Um, I'm trying to think. I do have a Bretonnia army that I somewhat... I was looking at them just the other day. I somewhat uh, regret buying because I got a really good deal on it. But a lot of the models are like Reaper minis. Like a lot of their, um, I forget what they're called. They're like Pikemen or something. It's like an infantry unit and they've got like um, spears or something. And um, they're, they're metal Reaper minis. They're not GW minis. So I can't sell them as that. Because they're not that, they're uh, reprimanding, So and then of course, Britonia is not you know a hot topic anymore anyway. So I'm like, geez, I kind of wish, I mean, I do have a bunch of knights, which I'm happy about.'ve I've bought like I've, I've painted like nine of them, but I have like another fifteen knights that are the real knights, not the shitty battlemasters version. Uh-huh. Um, but I do regret buying that army even though I got a good deal on it because I'm like, well, it just kind of sucks that I've got an army that I can't really sell now. I could thus sell the knights, but all these Reaper minis, I can't really do anything. Nobody wants a bunch of Reaper minis that are all the same model, I mean. Uh-huh. It's, you know, he must have bought, you know, 30 of the same model. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so there's a couple unique ones in there that I'll probably use for brutality, like the best game ever made. And um, But other than that, most of them are just generic, like, dude, with sword. Oh, Okay. That's cool. Uh, There is one in particular. I'm going off a tangent, but there's one model in particular I really like. There's this old man. He's like some sort of shaman, like a Celtic shaman, and he's like leaning. He's standing up, but he's holding this like plant. Like uh, I like to think of it's like weed or something. He's (laughs) he's holding this plant. It actually looks like a um, mistletoe or something. He's holding this plant with both hands above his head, and he's like (laughs) praying to it. And he's like in these robes. And it's just a really weird, it's a neat model, um, which I'll probably use for something. But uh, um, maybe my slaves to darkness, make him a a sorcerer or something, you know, like, but it's, it's kind of funny that he's like, he's either chanting something, holding this plant up in the air, or he's like praying to this plant, or this is some really good shit is what he's saying. I don't know what he's saying. Yeah, if
1: you ever do a he could be like. plant worshiper and then yeah he has those plant trees with him
0: dude actually that's really good because you could um ally him in as like cities of sigmar like uh, a wizard yeah or just
1: make him like branch wraith proxy
0: that's actually that's a pretty good idea actually